I want to talk to you today about being dead and then being alive. Lazarus was dead. Lazarus was dead. He'd been in the grave four days. I don't know what that must be like. Not good. No refrigeration. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And then he said, loose him and let him go. And Lazarus left the grave, removed the grave clothes and began a new life. Lazarus was dead and then became alive again through the power of Christ. This is also our story. We too are or have been dead and through the power of Christ we have been made alive. God's people are both dead and alive at the same time. We are dead to the world, but we are alive to Christ. Being a Christian, a believer in God, is a matter of life and death. Those who trust in Christ are identified with him by the Spirit in his death burial and resurrection as we have seen joy today go through the waters of baptism. The old life is buried. We can consider it dead and walk in a new life, a new newness of our resurrection or our resurrected life. Some people have used the argument that if God's grace comes to us, as a result of our sin, then perhaps we should sin more to receive more grace. But it doesn't work that way, does it? The old life is buried. We can consider it dead and walk in a new life. Paul explains in Romans 6 why such thoughts cannot be entertained. Christians died to sin. The specific time of this dying to sin was at the point of your own salvation. Jesus has atoned for our sin. He was the sacrificial lamb. Death, whether physical or spiritual, means separation, not extinction. Death to sin is separation from sin's power, not the extinction of sin, but being dead to sin being means set free from that sin. Even though we have died to sin, sometimes... We can allow sin once again to reign in our bodies. When sin enters our bodies, we push God out of our lives and take control ourselves. Remember that as Christians, we need to have God in charge of our lives. The Apostle Paul reminds us that those of us who are baptised into Christ have also been baptised into his death. This spiritual reality means that by faith 
believers are baptised or placed into Christ and therefore are united and identified with him. This baptism by water is the visible picture of the spiritual truth. Galatians 3.27 talks about being clothed with Christ. Could you bring that up please, Chris? Galatians 3.27. Believers have become sons of God, which involves a living union with Christ. This is the baptism or of or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which joins all believers to Christ and unites them within the church, Christ's body. This union with him means being clothed with Christ. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. I look around today and I see people clothed in shirts, dresses, jackets, t-shirts. We put on clothing, don't we? Sorry? Perhaps. Yes. And so we also clothe ourselves with Christ. Without Christ in our life, it's like running naked before Satan. We are clothed, we put Christ on like a carding, like an overcoat. We wrap ourselves in Christ. In the Roman society, when a youth became of age, he was given a special toga, a special clothing, which gave the child the full rights of the family and state and indicated that he was a grown-up son. In the same way, the Galatian believers laid aside their old garments of the law and they put on Christ's robe of righteousness. Yes, which grants full acceptance before God. In Ephesians chapter 1, and I can't remember the verse, but it says that we are clothed or given every spiritual blessing in God. Not some, not 50%, not 99.9%, but every spiritual blessing. And that comes with having on the robe of righteousness, which Joy has put on today. Who would want to put the old clothing back on? We just, you just wouldn't, you would not go down that road. The old man or the old nature was crucified with Christ. In fact, baptised into his death. Take that verse off now, thanks Chris. The phrase the body of sin does not mean that a human body is sinful in itself. It means that one's physical body is controlled or ruled by sin. Remember in the... In the um, we read in Genesis of the relationship that Adam and Eve had with God before the fall. God even visited the planet and walked with them in the cool of the day. Such relationship, but sin spoiled that relationship. God lived in the hearts of Adam and Eve and now... Because of sin, he was no longer able to visit the planet. He was no longer able to live in their hearts because they were filled with sin and deceitfulness. And so in a way, God was abandoned from his creation. 
his home. God had become like a homeless person. But since Christ came and was crucified and died and buried, entombed and rose again and ascended to heaven, once again, God's spirit can live inside the hearts of human beings. We have come full circle in the new covenant, the new promise, the new relationship we have in God. We live in a time of grace, not in a time of law. We do not live in a time of punishment. Someone told me that Townsville was punished because Queensland has been sinful. They were punished with rains and flood. That is untrue. God does not punish at this time. We live in a dispensation of grace But believe me, there's a time of judgment to come. Be careful and make sure your relationship with God is kept short in regards to sin, repentance and forgiveness. Dennis, could you pass the communion elements around, please? Do you need a helper? Um, Hank... You could do one side and Dennis could do the other side, please. I want to read to you today out of 1 Corinthians 13. Eleven, 1 Corinthians 11. Um, but before, while the, uh, while the elements are being distributed... Let me say that anyone who has died has been set free from sin. They literally have been justified or declared righteous. Sin no longer has the legal right to force its mastery and control on a believer for they have died with Christ. Believers who are identified with Jesus Christ by faith are to count themselves dead to sin but alive to Christ. Since they are dead to its power, which we read about in Romans 6.2, you can bring that one up please, Chris, they ought to recognise that fact and not continue in sin. They are to realise they have a new life in Christ. We share his resurrection life. Romans 6.2. By no means we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? I've got a challenge for you today. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't offer the parts of your body as instruments of wickedness. Offer yourselves to God and offer all the parts of your body to him as instruments of of righteousness. How is your connection with God? Is it casual? Is it part time? Or is it full time? The Bible talks about tithing. Do you tithe to God? Do you give God 2.4 hours every day? If you do, it's not enough. God wants your whole day, your whole life. He wants your whole week. He wants you 24 7, not just one tenth. Thank you, Dennis.
Let me read from the scriptures here. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And folks, that's what we want to do today. We want to take the bread and the cup. We want to proclaim the Lord's death. And we want to keep doing that every week until he comes. But today is a special day for joy. Joy, as you know, she's gone through the waters of baptism. And I particularly wanted to have a communion service today for joy's sake so that she can enjoy her first communion with her brothers and sisters right here today. Let's all stand, join with joy, and we'll also join with Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and we thank you for your broken body. And Lord, we can't imagine what you went through at that time. How you went before Pontius Pilate, how you were swapped for Barabbas, how you endured for someone that was innocent, yet you atoned for our sin. Folks, let's take the bread together. Father, we, we think about the blood that your son spilled as he was whipped and scourged, as his beard was torn out, the nails pierced his hand and feet and the spear pierced his side. Never was it shown more graphic to me than in one of the Jesus movies as I saw blood running down the foot dripping off the toes onto the ground. It really moved me that somebody would take my death, that somebody would take my punishment so that I could have an everlasting life. I did nothing to deserve that. And I thank you, Jesus. And we all thank you, Jesus. We all thank you. We pray, Lord, a big thank you for atoning for our sin, for being the lamb that was slain. And today, Lord, as we take this cup, we remember what you did for us and we think about our future life, both here and in heaven. Let's take the cup together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are, what you have done in our lives and what you mean to us. And Father, as I look upon this crowd today, I see each person here wearing a robe of righteousness. I see people that are connected with Jesus in such a deep way, a spiritual way, a special way. 
a way that non-Christians cannot even conceive and they laugh at us out of their embarrassment, their lack of knowledge and understanding. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for directing our paths. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please sit down. But Joy, would you step forward, please? Today, before we conclude our service, I want to anoint Joy with oil and baptise her in the Holy Spirit. Helen? Joy, we anoint you with this oil. We baptise you in the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit come upon you in power and in force, in might and in majesty. May he fill your heart and fill your life. May he direct your ways, direct your paths. May you be ever reliant on the Holy Spirit. May he come to you in such a way that he will give you such wisdom and such wise counsel. And that you would use these gifts, this paraclete ministry, which means to come alongside another and to lift up and encourage. We pray, Joy, that this will be your mission in, in the world and, uh, and the way that God will direct you to come alongside people, to give them wise counsel and to lift them up. For this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that you will be filled and baptised in the Holy Spirit from head to toe, from this day forth until evermore. We pray in the wonderful, mighty and powerful name of Jesus, the Alpha and Omega, the bright and morning star, the first and the last, the Saviour of all mankind. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen Joy. Be blessed, my sister. Okay, we're going to conclude our service today. Sorry? Can't hear you. The certificate. Oh, the certificate. Oh dear. I don't know. It was here. It's gone. Where is it? You get it. Where is it? You're confusing me. Here we go, Joy. It is my absolute pleasure to present Joy with this certificate of baptism. Awesome. Bless you. Oh, pose for the photo. We wish to thank God for this opportunity and congratulate Joy and give her another gift.
and fellowship. And Lord, and even as we travel our different ways back to our homes tonight, that you will surely go with us, that you will be with us, Lord, and you will direct our paths. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.